You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, February 19th, 2023, titled Housekeeping. Whenever I go to a conference or a retreat or even a day of recollection, um, usually before the, even the opening prayer, someone will walk out to the podium and say, oh, you know, welcome. Before we get started, we have some housekeep, housekeeping items to take care of. Now, when they say there's some housekeeping items, they're not talking about actually, you know, the housekeeper. They're talking about the other details at a conference, retreat, you know, recollection, like, like where you're staying in your rooms and meal times and where the bathrooms are, um, where you're supposed to go if you're not feeling well, if there's a part of the retreat center or the conference center you're not supposed to go to at all, and some other information like be on time, bring a notebook, stuff like that, stuff like that. They call that housekeeping. Now, at any event, conference, retreat, these housekeeping items are not the main focus. They're not the most important, but they are important in a sense that they make what's most important more likely. They set the stage. All this can be compared even here at the Mass. We have lights, we have audiovisual. Uh, we have music, even putting out chairs and seating people. These things are not the most important items, but they do create an environment. They create an environment that we say to God and to our Lord that you can work a miracle here. And one of the things Jesus says to his apostles before he ascends, he says, I am going to make a place for you. But I think that's okay for us to be in our prayer. Lord, let us make a place for you. A place conducive that you can work a miracle. I've been on marriage retreats with couples who are in crisis. And they do this at the beginning of the retreats. There's just some housekeeping things. The bathroom's out there. There's some medicine over there. There's a water fountain over there. But then they get to the good stuff. They'll say, do you believe? That God can work a miracle in your marriage. That's the most important stuff. But those other housekeeping issues create an environment, sets a stage for those miracles to happen. Now, many will say is we're finishing up in the Gospels the Sermon on the Mount. Many will say this is Jesus' greatest sermon. And it probably is his greatest sermon. Most longer, it covers like three chapters. But it's not the most important things Jesus ever said. It is not. When he said things like, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is my body. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It is finished. These are the most important things that Jesus said. But in the Sermon on the Mount, I would argue he's doing a lot of housekeeping. He's preparing the people, setting the stage, preparing his listeners and followers to receive him and his message. To receive him and his message. 
Because at this moment, those are two different things. Because later we find out that Jesus is the message. That the preacher becomes the preached as he ascends into heaven. That all those things he said in the Sermon on the Mount are important. But all they are is some housekeeping issues to prepare them. Things like what? Be people of peace. Have peace in your life. Be people of forgiveness. Be people of generosity. Go beyond the law. They know the law. We read it in Leviticus. Love your brothers and sisters. It says that. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. That's an Old Testament out of the book of Numbers. That's not something new that Jesus just made up. And he even refers to it. He said, you have heard. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He's not killing that rule. That's actually a good rule. It says, don't punish beyond the, the crime. But then he moves beyond it. But I say to you, offer no resistance. Turn the other cheek. This is where it's starting to get uncomfortable. They're starting to, they're having their world rocked. Why is he telling us this? Who does he think he is? Love your enemies. Pray for those who hate you. He has to take care of that first before he gets to the good stuff. You will die and rise with me. You'll be regenerated in baptism be, and be walking around Christ as you call yourself Christians. That comes later. It sets the stage. It creates an environment. It is the housekeeping that Jesus models for us. And I think not only liturgy, but in all aspects of our life, we know this is the case. I've used the image before of going to the dentist. When you go to the dentist, there's some preliminary things they want you to do. Sometimes they take x-rays. And then they ask you to lie down and trust them. You make yourself vulnerable. Then they say, the, the dentist says those, says those faithful words, open your mouth. Sticks fingers inside there. Well, you're trusting that this person knows what he's doing, but that's where the healing starts. But first, you got to go through this other stuff. You know, those of you who are doctors and surgeons, you know there's this whole prep that they go through before there's actual surgery. And I think oftentimes as someone who's, you know, been through this myself, the most nervous part is not when the, the most scary part is not thinking about the doctor who's going to open you up with a scalpel. That is nerve-wracking. But it's when the anesthesiologist says, now we're going to put you to sleep. And they put the sting on you. That's scary. It asks you to trust them. It's not the most important thing, but it's got to happen before the doctor does his work. And today we will pray, today we'll pray especially for soldiers. I was never a soldier, but I admire soldiers. I've seen men and women go off to the military and how hard that can be to leave their family behind, to be brave, and then give themselves over to other superiors. Do they have their heads shaved and change clothes, live in barracks, and be docile to their superiors, often yelling and cussing at them to be open to formation so they can be people of sacrifice for us, to sacrifice their very bodies. Many things have to 
be taken care of. Many, many um, housekeeping issues have to be taken care of. But here at the parish, I think, when that, when that rubber hits the road, I, I notice that it really is when we're preparing a couple for marriage. When a couple gets engaged, all of a sudden they realize there's some thing boxes we have to check first. Some things are little details like bank accounts, titles to people's cars, things like that. But I think what they find out too that can be uncomfortable, sometimes they have to say goodbye to old friends. They have to say goodbye to old habits, old sins. You know, sometimes a, a bride or a groom still has an old boyfriend or old girlfriend around and they're just friends. I tell them, tell them goodbye and you'll see them in heaven. You should never talk to them again. <gasps> We're friends. Let him go. Let him go. Go to your Facebook account. Go to your phone. See their name. Delete. It's going to ask you, are you sure you want to delete? You say, yes, I'm sure. Hit it. That's the housekeeping that has to be done. But in the church, we have an entire season, quaresma, that we call housekeeping. It's called Lent, the 40 days that Mother Church gives us in anticipation of celebrating the resurrection again, or the whole Paschal mystery, rather, of the passion, death, and resurrection to prepare us for those events because those are the most important events. Triduum is, is the most important day in our liturgical year, well, actual season of our liturgical year. And Easter Sunday is the Sunday of Sundays. And at Lent, we're asked to do a little housekeeping. And, and what does that mean? That means looking at ourselves, taking a personal inventory, a housekeeping of our own soul, what are things we need to let go of in the past? How do we heal our present situation? What does love your enemies mean? You don't have to like your enemies. And I think it's a time to prayer. Who are our enemies? Maybe it's someone at your workplace. Maybe it's the neighbor. I don't know. Pray for those who hate you. That's hard. That's hard to do. You know, one of the exercises, and I've showed you this before, but one of the exercises we do with our young people is we ask them to vision in their mind the one kid in their class they just can't stand. And immediately they got someone in mind, oh, yeah, I know who that is. All you remember fourth and fifth grade, I remember fourth and fifth grade. Fred Sinro used to drive me nuts. He was a tattletale. That was 40-some-odd, no, 50-some-odd years ago or something. <laughs> Sometimes I think I see, oh, anyway. But we imagine, I want you to call to mind the person you can't stand, and then we ask them to imagine yourself washing their feet, which invinces a kind of gross, you know, they start to freak out. I could never do that. But we didn't just pull this out of our hats. This is the exercise Jesus gave us. He washed Judas's feet. He washed Peter's feet. 
And I can only imagine watching the feet go, and this is the guy who's going to betray me. And this is the guy who betrayed me a couple years ago and got paid for it. And he washed his feet as well. So our assignment for you as you begin Lent, we have an assignment, is kind of think of someone in your life that you like the least. Love everybody, but you don't have to like everyone. Think of someone you like the least and find time to compliment them. Say a word of compliment to them. Now, I know I'm taking a chance. I might get a bunch of emails for compliments for me. I know that might happen. It's going to be a blow to my ego. But these are the people we're asked to pray for, not for them, but for us. Many of you know that for six or seven or years of my life, I taught junior high school. And I loved teaching, and I loved the kids. I didn't like them all the time. In fact, not very much at all, actually. And I do remember who were the good kids, and I remember the names of the bad kids. There was one student, and I don't know if she's watching now. Her name was Ruthie Gray. I was warned about Ruthie Gray. When the other teachers saw her on my syllabus, they said, you got to keep on her. you got to watch out for her. She's a bully. She was. She was huge girl, strong girl. The girls were afraid of her. The boys were afraid of her. We were afraid of her. <laughs> and every day she'd... I, and the class would stop, start, I'd go, please let her be sick. Oh, no, there she is. <laughs> and so we tried everything discipline-wise to work with her. Um, but one of the older teachers said, why don't you try something different? Why don't you compliment her? Okay. So one day she walks in, Ruthie walks in. I said, hello, Ruthie. Oh, you look pretty today. She was stunned into silence. I'm not sure anybody had ever said that to her. And as she went and sat down, it was a nice day. But actually kind of caught on, because one day she walked and I didn't see her walk in. And one of the boys goes, hey, Coach Casaldo, Ruthie just came in. Isn't she pretty? <laughs> and it worked. It was like a miracle in the room. Now, having, having said that, a couple of years later, when she was in high school, she sat next to me at a basketball game, and I was telling Deacon about this in the sacristy, and she told me about her life, and it was awful. Her home life was not good at all. Actually, I've been trying to find out where she is, Googling her name, asking some old teacher friends. But now we have a chance, and it may take asking other people, how can we do a good housekeeping of our lives? It starts at home. It starts in your marriages. And we, we're, we're trying not to leave you to your own and give you some ideas. So we have a gift for you. As you leave here, there's some baskets in the hallways there. There's this little book that I found that we found called Living Beyond Sunday. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's written by a couple of guys who, have a, who live in Tulsa, uh, Adam and Haley Minahan and David and pa Pamela Niles. They have a YouTube channel on making a domestic church. 
And just scrolling through here, I found things that just blew me away. I'll give you one, my favorite. It says, uh, pray for your spouse out loud in front of your children. For example, at our house, we always add the end of the meal, God bless dad when David is absent. Our children know without doubt that mom and dad pray for each other. It's like six, seven more things that are just excellent. This is our gift to you. So that as we approach Lent, we realize, just like we say to those couples, that before, during, and after Easter, that God can and wants to work a miracle in your life. But it starts with us doing maybe, especially at Lent, some good housekeeping. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be made aware when future episodes drop.